0: Welcome to The Lit Podcast with your hosts, Tanya Evans and Shantavia Johnson.
1: The Lit Podcast is the listen in the listen, learn, and leverage pillars of The Lit Brain Trust. And what makes this so lit? Law, innovation,
0: technology.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of The Lit Podcast, sponsored by Lit Brain Trust. We tee this up every uh, 1st and 15th, and we start with what's good. It's our opportunity to uh, reconnect with each other before we get into what's got us lit. So uh, now
0: that we have that out of the way, Shantavia, what's good? So I'm excited about two things. I'm so, so excited. I am going on a real vacation in about a month. All right. So thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to Get away from the bullshit for some days. <laughs> so I have a, a group of friends. Many of us are celebrating a decade of marriage this mm-hmm. year, and the first couple that is that got married um got married in August, and so we are going to Mexico nice. for about a week. And we're we're not going to the part of Mexico where people are dying mysteriously. We're going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I'm not <feel laughs> against that.
1: That's not a good vacation. We need you back here
0: that is right i and i need to be back here so th- i am so excited about my vacation that's coming up and the other thing and we haven't talked about this but i am thinking of taking a trip to ghana this year oh i've actually so, thought
1: about that myself i've really thought about that particularly in this year
0: so have you made any
1: big time moves is that gonna be a thing
0: well, so, you know, it's the year of the return for people in the African diaspora. So for those of you who may be unfamiliar, G- Ghana has been essentially sending messages and recruiting descendants of African-American slaves to come back home, to come back to Ghana the whole year of 2019. And there have been events and this and that. And so I mentioned now, many of my kind of folks in my friend group are celebrating a decade of marriage, roughly. And um, my anniversary in particular is at the end of the year, which is at the same time as Afrochella, the same time really? as all the big Wait events that will be Afro-chella? closing out this year of return. What? So I'm really thinking about going. <laughs> Girl, you better get on your Afrochella. It is like... Coachella, but for the African (laughs) diaspora, better book your plane ticket and come with us. (laughs) (laughs) And they're actually, so because it is this year of return, there's um, this group of folks, and I think it might actually be the organizers. It's like a celebration of African culture, basically. But I think the organizers are doing a thing for African-Americans who are coming for uh, that event, for New Year's, for Afrochella and all that. They're doing like special packages and special trips and special day parties and night parties and wine tastings. You better get into it, Tony. You had me at wine. (laughs) (laughs) You had me at wine. Yeah. So I'm excited about possibly doing that. I actually mentor a young, well, I'm saying a young lady, but she's finishing her PhD at the University of Wisconsin. And she's doing the last set of data collection um, activities in Ghana because her dissertation revolves around the Ghanaian diaspora. And so she lives there. And so she's like, you know, ready to show me a good time if I come. So Put it on your calendar. Think about it, (laughs) Tanya.
1: That sounds like a lot of people. (laughs) I think I'm an only child. I'm going at at another time. But once you go and you tell me
0: about it, and then I'll go after that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But then it won't be 2019 anymore. So you better get into it. Anyway, that is what is good in my life right now. What's good with you? So um, I'm sure most people will not know
1: that I am a former professional tennis player. I played on scholarship at Northwestern and then played Professional tennis for four years, and so as you may know, Wimbledon, one of the Grand Slams, is going on right now, and I am over the moon with Coco Goff, who set Wimbledon on fire. Like she was on fire. She's hashtag so very lit. Uh, she was a qualifier. She got a wild card. Actually, I received a wild card into the U.S. Open in 1993. Um, I did not make it out of the qualifying rounds, but Coco <laughs> did, and so I'm obsessed with her. And she made it to the round of 16. She took out Venus Williams in the first round. That is wow, her biggest idol in the world. She actually, in terms of her presence on court and her uh, plays, her discipline, uh, her focus, reminds me a lot of Venus. And she beat her uh, pretty handily. Uh, very, very impressive. She is the future of tennis in the United States and just around the world. So I'm over the moon and obsessed with Wimbledon. Anybody who calls me, texts me, writes me smoke signals during Wimbledon, your hair better be on fire and it better be a real emergency because I'm obsessed with Coco. <laughs> and it's <just> getting on, <laughs> Note to self, hashtag Tennis Tanya. Follow me.
0: Note to self, do not text Tanya until all of this is over.
1: <laughs> um, and the second thing that's caught my attention this week is who is this tech mogul, a sister who uh, runs popcom and it's a software as a service she um just finished a round i guess it's an angel round but she uh raised 10 million dollars i'm not quite sure why that's in the that uh i think angel series eight and it's she's in fuego right we can't even say fire is in fuego so shout out to uh, dawn she's doing making uh, serious power moves in a very short period of time and so i'm obsessed with anybody who's making more money more money
0: well, wow. Black Girl Magic. What is her name again? Dawn? Dawn Dixon. I think she's the
1: D Dawn Dixon. Popcom. Mm-hmm. I'll drop it in the show notes for people who are not familiar with her, but um, she's making serious power moves unapologetically. She bootstrapped a lot, she worked extremely hard, and she is a testament to how you uh, move in the space of entrepreneurial endeavor. So, shout out to Dawn. That's beautiful. Right, now we are jumping into what's got you lit of course this is my favorite uh, segment that we do because we get to take a deeper dive into um, some of the things that either makes
0: exceedingly happy
1: <laughs> or exceedingly unhappy like lit on fire good or lit on fire hell no right um, and so and this time this episode we're actually gonna go into maybe a couple of things. In order to tee up, there's so much that goes on in between episodes. So um, I'll throw it over to you, Shantavia.
0: What's got you lit? Okay, so I don't know if this is going to be a theme for me or not, but I'm angry as always. So I've got (laughs) my resounding hell no. All right, doing a hell no, (laughs) and this just happened yesterday. Actually, (laughs) I feel like this might be my running theme. I'm just generally agitated with the world <laughs> Actually, this might be really good I'll do the happy lit and you do the
1: hell lit and this could be a thing. Be. I don't know Go if ahead.
0: you remember when the color purple this is somewhat of a tangent but when the color purple was on Broadway mm-hmm. and they were selling those hell no t-shirts yes. <laughs> so my my mom and my sister went and they brought me one of those hell no t-shirts and when I tell you that was like my favorite shirt for years <laughs> I mean, I am, you know, not this is Velt whatever I was back in 2010 or whatever List. year that was. List. But that shirt was like my favorite shirt. But anyway, all right. So last week, or the, I guess it was two weeks ago now, I was talking about cultural misappropriation in Kim Kardashian and Kimono. She has since kind of changed her mind. I mean, these people really need more like culturally competent folks around them. But anyway... <laughs> Yesterday as I was scrolling through the Twitter as one does um I saw these beautiful photos of Rihanna posing on the cover of Harper's Bazaar China and she's wearing like this beautiful Chinese attire and um you know there's all the like whataboutisms on social media that like <laughs> make me want to No, screen. Right. And so immediately after these photos get posted, and you know, Rihanna is like doing the damn thing right now, right? Like she's the world's richest female musician. She's dating a billionaire. Fenty is like, you know, killing it. Um, what is the name of her underwear line? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've bought like everything I could possibly buy of Rihanna's at this stage. But so (laughs) But so, like, they po- these pictures are posted of Rihanna, and immediately there's all these comments, like, why is Kim not allowed to call her underwear kimono, but Rihanna can do things like this? This isn't fair. Y'all are always picking on the Kardashians and screaming cultural misappropriation, but it's all right if a black girl does it. And so the thing that drives me mad about, Having discussions on social media sometimes is the lack of nuance, like the lack of nuance across social media, I think, is what will be the death of human communication, because I, we react so quickly to things without, you know, taking a step back and thinking, well, what is cultural misappropriation? How does this all work together? And is this what cultural misappropriation is. And so I want to just take a couple minutes and talk some more about cultural appropriation (laughs) and misappropriation and how you know if you are being a culture vulture or not. And so like we said in the first episode, cultural appropriation, you are adopting elements of one culture when you are not a member of that culture, particularly if you are using uh, the cultural artifacts or cultural information from a group that has been historically marginalized, especially without talking to them about it or ensuring that what you're doing is culturally sensitive. <laughs> and the difference between Kim Kardashian's Kimono Line and Rihanna on the cover of Harper's Bazaar is the same difference as uh Rollerblades and a Maserati. So they're just like not even in the same sphere. And so, presumably, Kim Kardashian and kimono and that whole debacle uh, was so tone deaf. The rollout was tone deaf. The way in which she even presented the name kimono was tone deaf. She basically just took this word and said, Hey, isn't this cool and cute for my, you know, presumably. Probably mediocre line of underwear. Rihanna, on the other hand, the nuance here is Rihanna's on the cover of Harper's Bazaar in China. The entire team that put her looks together were Chinese. They requested this whole... Photo shoot ensemble. And so Rihanna did exactly what you're supposed to do in the event that you want to, in some way, adopt the cultural artifacts or cultural uh, Mm -hmm. components of whatever it is you're trying to do. And uh, I just I love and hate these discussions. I'm I'm glad that we get to have these discussions, <laughs> but I swear the lack of nuance is going to kill me. So that is the first thing that's got me. I don't know if I'm lit or if I'm hot or if I'm like a little bit of both about this particular thing. Right, we're gonna have to retitle the. Um, <laughs> we'll
1: have to retitle this uh, entire segment. Right, now. just
0: call it Shantavi is mad. What is she mad about? <laughs> <laughs> it's payday, but what is she mad about? <laughs> so anyway, I had, have you seen that story?
1: No, no. My my feed has been filled with all things crypto, and I I, um, I did not see it at all. But it's good to have that that play off of you know what went terribly wrong and the the way that you might rep- represent or work with somebody who was in that same space and roll it out completely differently. So at least you have something to compare with. So. That's that's a really good follow
0: up. I mean, lesson learned, children. Lesson learned. Do your research. I mean, isn't that with I mean both of us are in sororities? That is like one of the first pieces of advice you get when you take any kind of public step. You do your research first. But so you said your feed has been flooded with crypto stuff. What's happening in the world of crypto? Are, are we rich yet? <laughs> Have your Bitcoin gone to twelve right. million I mean, dollars? Yeah, what's uh, going on? A lightning round
1: uh, thing <laughs> crypto is we, we say in the in the crypto space to the moon and that's you know the the ideal that you start when you buy low and you sell high. That's anything, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the idea is you keep crypto. I didn't check before we started recording, but it was it's definitely north of ten thousand now, and it's I believe north of twelve thousand. So it had dipped down below four or even three thousand. Uh, time like we we're in a serious um, crypto winter. and so the fact that wow. it's up fourfold since that time. So any more calls from people like, "Are you ready to jump off a bridge yet?" Because you know Bitcoin is so low, and so I don't get those calls anymore. So they must be. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, listen before. Well, whoa, 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 before you jump into this, when crypto gets to twelve million dollars a coin, you don't even have to say anything. Send a bat signal. I will meet you in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> we don't thank
1: you thank you yes, yes, yes. So, to be determined if, if you well, guys um, if you, you all I have me. to change that we should you me. guys because people use you guys to refer to women and that's not appropriate you all right now for all of our listeners if you sign on and you hear and not me <laughs> then you'll know what happened huh? to the moon hashtag to the moon um, but what uh, what's really got me lit is a follow-up <laughs> to what I talked about last uh, last episode, and it was on Facebook and Libra Coin and the Libra Association, Calibra, the wallet. I hope you all did your homework that I asked you to do last episode. If you didn't hear the first episode of season one, go back and have a listen. Um, but this is a really big time for Facebook because they're rolling out this, um, this, uh, this new coin and this new platform. And we're going to be talking about this for episodes to come because it's something that's going to um, develop over time. Next year, around June, Facebook is pushing out its own form of cryptocurrency. I've started calling it corporal currency because it's a corporate way of monetizing um, uh, interactions. And so we have government fiat—that's run, you know, the almighty dollar is fiat or government money—and then you have the crypto space, Bitcoin, that's the people's money. And now we've triangulated it because corporations are getting into it, and they actually have a bigger and wider reach than most governments. And certainly those spaces, a little itty-bitty thing that is just starting to blossom. And it has a really big impact. So the reason I got lit this week is because next week I go down to D.C. for the first hearing before the financial committee. Hashtag shout-out to Auntie Maxine. Um, and so I'm really excited to be the first hearing. Where um, folks from Facebook and Calibra will be there, really in their position about what they're doing to explain to Congress, specifically the Financial Services Committee, because we really want to understand uh, what impact this is going to have. And you asked me this last episode, and so it's a really great follow up. Impact rollout of Libracoin is going to have on marginalized communities, small businesses, and visibility of currency around the world. And so they'll, it'll be the first hearing. So next Wednesday, I'll be doing that. And then uh, hanging out with a lot of um, interest holders, uh, stakeholders, I should say, and some other folks in Congress to really talk about the nature of cryptocurrency and really how the U.S. is being left behind. So Facebook is setting up LibraCoin in Switzerland. And most of the uh, cryptocurrency uh, platforms do because it's very crypto friendly and the um, the rules and the regulations are very clear. They have regulatory clarity. So what comes out of Uh, the hearings and whatever Congress is going to do in response to it, give some clarity, clarity around how do you, uh, what the taxonomy is in crypto. Everything is in a cryptocurrency, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. And also, this is the biggest thing. And the final thing I'll say, it has been a nightmare filing my taxes. Yes, I do. I don't mess with a couple of people, my mom and the IRS, right? And so- really difficult. attacking have gains and losses in the crypto space. And one of the worst things that happened um, after the the uh, tax changes was a thing that we call in-kind uh, exchanges. If you have something that is similar to another and you're just exchanging it, you shouldn't have a taxable event. The only way that that applies now is in real estate. That means that every time I buy Bitcoin to buy another coin, it actually is going to be a taxable event. It's a disaster because we move Bitcoin to buy other things you could do that daily. And so that makes it really difficult to move the space. So that's another thing that I hope that comes out from the hearings and, 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 and Facebook being on the hot seat. So that's what got me lit this, this
0: uh, episode. Huh. So, uh, so many questions, but first of all, w- w- what's auntie Maxine have to do with any of this?
1: Good question. so she's the chairwoman of the financial services committee on the house side. And so the, there's a task force that works with the committee uh, that focuses on artificial intelligence and FinTech. And I've been in, in touch with some folks to talk in that space. They're really trying to understand the nature of assets nature and the um, impact to small business and communities of color in particular. And so she, I expect her to have very pointed questions to them about the impact uh, to the communities that we care about. And so that's how she's, she's in the mix.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. So, so women of color are in the room and asking the questions and could be helping make some decisions about how to navigate all of this. Absolutely. And so, this is this leads to like a oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, this reminds me of something that I think we actually disagree on, <laughs> which is like the big picture revolving around. How you regulate these big new tech companies like the Googles, the Amazons, the Facebooks of the world. Excellent. So, what was it a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I guess now? It might have been a few weeks. Microsoft announced that they're closing their ebooks program. And so, if you bought ebooks using the Microsoft ebook software, you're basically going to lose all that stuff. They're going to give you your money back, but you lose all that stuff. And, you know, Congress could step in in some regard and uh, regulate these companies and the way in which they take money from us in exchange for this data that we don't even, frankly, own at the end of the day, that they can just do whatever they want to do with. And so this is just another way with LibraCoin and all of this that maybe the social media companies need to be regulated in some meaningful way.
1: Yes, well, I think there's um, less... Uh, space between us than you'd think, because I'm I'm deeply, uh, deeply concerned about Facebook being involved. And we said the last episode that if it were any other company that was relatively agnostic and didn't have all the privacy issues that Facebook has and and uh, private entities like that, I'd be a little more excited than I am about the project. Um, even though I think that they've done everything a pro- project reasonably could do to themselves, they're still involved and they still have privacy concerns and they're still a private corporation and they're still... Intend to make money for their holders. That will stop, right? There's nothing altruistic I think we know about Facebook. The question is how to regulate in the crypto space when you have the underlying technology that is borderless. It does not owe itself in terms of its origin to any particular country or any particular perp- uh, person. And that's kind of the curse of it. That's why we call those rails and cryptocurrency the people's money, because it's fully distributed and decentralized. There's no person to call to say, hey, I lost my Bitcoin right? Um, and that's problematic. Then when you ask, they want to take the best of the technology, but also control it in some sense, right? Um, they have a, an association called the Libra Association, and they're trying to distance themselves by saying, you know, they hope to have 100 um, entities in the association charged with the task of um, verifying transactions that happen on the Libra chain. And what that means is they're one one hundredth of uh, uh, of the control. They won't control it themselves. So That's the issue. But in terms of privacy, what happens, you are dealing on Facebook or Messenger or WhatsApp or Instagram, maybe that becomes an an issue, how they interact with their existing clients. And the final thing I'll say is the issue is going to be in how you give permission. Do you have to opt out or opt in? We live in an opt out culture. You're opting everything and you basically sign away everything for free 99. And the question will be, and I hope it comes up in the hearings. How are you going to regulate to ensure that people are reasonably informed before you have access to the data that is really the new oil? So that's my take on it.
0: Hmm. And so do you trust, if it weren't Facebook, if it was Amazon oh or Google, do you trust those companies to self-regulate? no. no on anything. I mean whether it is blockchain, crypto, or ebooks or our data each time we click on a film and we watch it in Netflix. There. Like I I mean not that I trust the government that much more, but at least we have these institutions involved where there are multiple stakeholders that can help make decisions that are for the the good of the the broader of human community. I mean, in our country, the citizens, the people, and not just, you know, this limited group of shareholders. And I mean, I I own stock in most of those companies, but uh, I think we cannot trust them to regulate themselves. No question about that. No question. And this, they're not dealing in real
1: blockchains. So we we are describing them as having a blockchain. It's actually not a blockchain. A pure blockchain is public and permissionless. Anything that's permissioned or consortium or enterprise has an owner. It, it's centralized. And so as long as you have a central intermediary, I'm I'm trust. You can't call that a blockchain, but we use it because it's, it's, it's the uh, regular parlance. I would call it more a distributed ledger that has uh, trusted parties who are we still have to trust uh, the benefit of blockchain, if a pure blockchain means that we trust the code, we don't have to trust each other and each other. And that's the problem here. There is a thing that came up with the Fang. So you may mentioned Facebook, Amazon, Apple, NetGoogle, right? So um, Google has this thing. Uh, it was a, a topic that I was going to do like a lightning round on. But there's a CNBC article recently that Google keeps a list of everything you ever bought. If you, know, you delete your emails. I saw that. And they were promising people that as long as you delete the email, it would remove that. But uh, you ha- first of all, you have to take 10, 50, 12, 11 million steps in order to do it. And then someone did it, waited two or three weeks and went back and it was still there. All that data lives somewhere. And even when you double delete off of your computer or in, your, in the cloud, it still exists in form some fashion because they're in the business to monetize data. Mm-hmm. And that's the concern I think that you're speaking to. So I really do want people doing this be one of my action items as we level up um, at the end is to one, actually go in and see if you can find this and start deleting things and see control or really have. Uh, but also to start to get very curious about what your data is being monetized without you and how it might be a better platform, use system. That's what blockchain promises. We're not All the way there yet, but that would be the major difference.
0: So, devil's advocate, why do I care if Google is keeping track of everything I buy in my Gmail? Why does it matter? I mean, I know why it matters, but why does it matter? Well, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. What what is the devil telling you? (laughs) Well, I mean. (laughs) What is the devil telling me? So I I get this service, Gmail, for free. I get to use it to communicate, to manage my calendar. I don't pay for any of these things. Anytime I want to find anything, I usually go to Google.com and find the thing I'm looking for. So I'm not paying for any of that, but they are providing a real beneficial service to me. Obviously, I know ain't nothing free right? So in exchange for those conveniences, even though, you know, I hate email probably more than anybody, um, but in exchange for those, you know, perceived conveniences, why should it matter if they have my data and they're selling it to, you know, some B2B company that I'll never see or hear of at all? Well, Why should it matter?
1: Well, I think, you know, the American way and the American spirit about being uh, the right to be left alone, uh, the staunch way in which from an American point of view of being left alone, uh, so that you control your own space, you have your own agency, and you get to decide what people know about you and when they know it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have concerns about Alexa starting to talk to you (laughs) when you don't want them to, and the misuse of data, uh, the abuse of data. I've um, certainly seen stories in the, in the news. I remember some crazy story in the news, but it wasn't this year, but maybe last year of the Alexa, uh, somebody speaking through it and scaring children or a baby monitor or something crazy like that. <laughs> right? So uh-huh. You can't trust that it will actually be used, even if someone can say they randomize it in a way that they don't know your name. It's something about that breach of trust and breach of privacy, and it's a lack of information about it. So maybe if you make informed consent, truly informed, where you're not reading a 30-page Terms of Service or Terms of Use before you opt in, we're just, I'm sorry, we're really lazy, and we will sell our souls for convenience because we're in a microwave system where we want everything yesterday. And I think that has done a great disservice. i am watching projects that are trying to empower people to control their data. I think of it in the healthcare Mm -hmm. field, for example. On one hand, we are still filling out paper forms and we have to fill out a million of them every time we go to a different doctor. And they say you have know, concerns, et cetera, et cetera. Do you ever call them and say, hey, I want that back? And if you did, would you have confidence that they weren't actually using it in some way? And then I th- think of like Henrietta Lacks. If I have some bomb gene, I'd like to monetize that. I'd like to that. And so those are some of the things I think about with, um, data, quote unquote, as the new oil, as I said earlier. So that's the counter.
0: No, that's all. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And so I mentioned, (laughs) I I love to play the devil's advocate, but this is the thing that bothered me so much about Microsoft and this program, which is a, a small program in and of itself. I mean, the reason they're closing it, I presume, is because very few people were using it. But the idea that now so many things, to your point, are in the cloud, everything is connected. We're in this Internet of Things society where, you know, I don't buy music anymore. I stream it on Spotify, or, you know, most people don't buy, or, well, a lot of folks i won't say most people but don't even buy physical books anymore we buy access to you know some software that allows us to read it on an ipad or a laptop or whatever but the moment the owner of that data decides they want to eliminate it or do something different with it they can without really a ton of recourse right now from um you know kind of the standpoint of the way in which our legislation is currently drafted and implemented and It all just makes me very nervous to think about.
1: Amazing. We uh, covered a ton of information. This has actually been fascinating. Um, We're at the end of our time. So that brings us to our final um, segment, our action item to level up. So talk to me, Shantavia. In what ways can our listeners uh, level up?
0: All right, so we had a ton of people reaching out to us about monetizing our expertise and the way in which we, you know, kind of take the things we know and and turn it into whether it's a business or a brand or or other opportunities. And I got into a discussion a little bit on Twitter with a person about you know allowing folks to pick your brain for free. <laughs> and oh, I love that. yes. I mean, I love that. I mean, I love your, your
1: clap back to it.
0: Yeah. And so as anyone who knows me knows, the the absolute worst thing <laughs> a person can do is ask me if they can pick my brain. And and absolute not worst. because I don't want to help or or talk or be of service, because I am put on this earth to be of service to others. But, you know... Developing this knowledge is expensive. <laughs> and and you went to law school, I went to law school. We have figured out how to cultivate this stuff. Why would I want to give away for free the things that I use to make money for myself and my family? And so my level up point for any of you who are out there who want to develop a brand or expertise don't give away your knowledge, right? Like we don't go to the mall and say, you know, hey, Macy's, I really want this pair of shoes, but I just want to, you know, wear them around for a little while (laughs) and I'll just bring them right back. You go, you buy the shoes and you do what you need to do. Similarly, with knowledge, I don't know, maybe it's the intangible nature, but content creators, experts, want to be entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs. Don't allow folks to pick your brain anymore. Set your rates and stick to it. If a person cannot pay, honey, they are just not your tribe. And it is okay to say no (laughs) to those types of requests. (laughs) So I don't even know what my level up is other than, you know, set your rates, stick to them. And get out of this giving away your knowledge for free. Don't let anybody pick your brain for free anymore. Well, I shouldn't say don't let anybody pick your brain for free. But know your value and stick with that value. And that is my level up. (laughs) That sounds like what's got you (laughs) lit. (laughs)
1: But we will take it. Oh, I have
0: a whole thing. I know we're out of time, (laughs) but I'll come back to it (laughs) in the next episode.
1: (laughs) Very good. Um, Well, my level up, I'm still going to stay on the crypto side and um, ask you. So the last time I wanted you to get familiar just with some technology, terminology, I should say. And I want you to pay particular attention to the Facebook hearing that's coming up. I have no idea if it's going to be one hour, two hours or four hours. I don't expect you to do all that. But I do want you to put Wednesday, 10 a.m. Uh, on your calendar. A funny thing is happening on the Hill that day, Shantavia. I will say. Mueller is also going to be in Congress on that day. So I suspect that you might be watching that. Um, <laughs> love that. Uh, literally, our country is on fire, but that's a story for another day. Um, but I want you to take in some information. <laughs> is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> bloop, bloop. Did she say that? Yes, I said what I said. Shots um, fired. <laughs> but I want you all to make sure that you... Keep this uh, Facebook and LibraCoin on your radar. Uh, the second, be start to figure out what kind of permissions you regularly give up every time you sign terms of use or terms of service. I'm sure you might be shocked and horrified given our conversation, and we'll keep talking about privacy and Fang and all the big uh, corporate corporations of the world, etc. Et
0: What's Fang stand for again? Facebook, Amazon,
1: Apple, Netflix, and Google. Basically, the new government. No <clears throat> rights.
0: Frightening, <laughs> horrifying. The people who will run the world. Add Disney hey. to that list and they, you know, they run <laughs> the bang, world. <laughs> That's the thing we're doing. I like it.
1: All right. So let's close this thing out. Boom. Exactly. You heard it here first. So if you love us and what's there not to love, please tell the world. Please share. It's really important that you like and comment on uh, your podcast app of choice. So if you go to website uh, as well. Um, if something's not quite right because we are learning and we're growing, then we want you to come to LitBrainTrust.com and contact us now. Again, we are learning.
0: We are growing. But hold on, Tanya. Wait, wait, wait. Now, y'all come. uh But come right now. We have feelings too. And if you don't like us, just leave. We don't don't want your advice. (laughs) Yes, if you love us, leave comments. If you don't, go on back to whatever podcast you came from. Right. (laughs) And let let us do our thing. We accept constructive criticism in the spirit of love. That's right. Just let us be great.
1: Let us be great. Now,
0: (laughs) if you find a broken
1: link, let us know. If you just broke, then (laughs) don't be great. (laughs) Um, And we also want to remind you about a webinar coming up. Talk a little bit about the webinar and, and what's coming down the pipe.
0: All right. So as we are dropping these various tools of of resources revolving around law, innovation and technology, the other thing we want to help everybody do is level up. And so we are creating a series of webinars that allow you to level up. We are in the last half of 2019 and we want everybody to finish strong. We want the last half of 2019 to be the best half of 2019. So the book you want to write that podcast you want to start, that program you want to get out, that talk you want to do, that TEDx experience you want to have. We are going to create a series of webinars that allow you to get the things that you want. And so our first webinar will be, Lord, I said all that, Tanya, and I don't even remember the date. I know it is, it is about a month from now.
1: So it is August 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern time, August 13th. Put this in your uh, calendar right now. Plug it in, write it down, however you keep this. This is a really important date if you're really trying to take this to the next level of success in your life. You're excited about the direction. We want to support you in that. Um, and we have a listener-only and a mailing list-only discount of $9. You won't see it advertised. You'll just hear it here. Uh, but you can go to the website. Um, I'm going to drop the um, discount code in the show notes so you will only see it there. You won't see it advertised on the website or anywhere else. We want you to take advantage of this and have a deep discount to have a rich experience with us. Um, and hope you'll see on uh, August 13th.
0: Take us out of here, Chantavia. Come on and join us. We're gonna have fun. I'll even put the date in my calendar, so I am (laughs) here.
1: That would be helpful. That would be helpful. I hope you
0: <laughs> You will see me there. Well, y'all, we hope you have a wonderful uh, start to your July. I guess it's going to be the middle of July by the time you hear this. That's all we have for y'all today. That's it. <laughs> but we will be back the next payday on the first of the month. And we'll be excited to talk to you then. All right, y'all. Stay tagged so very lit. We're out of here. Bye, everybody.